Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Last week I started this series called Built to Last and um, when, when things fail in marriages. How many know that marriage relationships aren't always 100% great? That they do this over the years. Look at that. We had somebody here that's been married for 62 years just said amen. And that would be my mother and father and I wanted to recognize them as well. Give them a big hand. Yeah, 62 years you heard me right, married to the same person. Amen. Amen. To the same person. Now, uh, if that doesn't deserve a big hand, I don't know what does, but they would tell you it's not been easy. Um, And so the moment you and I begin to have relationship issues, uh, realize that there will be times, there will be seasons where it is tough. It is tough. Now, I want to begin or continue this series today, Built to Last, and today it's titled Learning to Surrender. Ooh, you just heard the word surrender, and you just cringed when you heard that word surrender. Some of us don't like that word. Some of us don't even like to utter it or even think about it. But yeah, that's where I'm going today. I'm going to talk about that. And it's not just about marriage relationships that I want to focus on. This applies to any relationship, whether you're at the workplace, whether it's a family relationship. Because how many know there's issues maybe at Thanksgiving time or at Christmas time or at any time? Not only in your marriage, but in our general relationships that we have. But here, I'm going to focus on on marriage. Marriage is the privilege and honor of living as close to the heart as two people can get. Marriage is that privilege. Number one, it's a privilege, amen? When you're in a bad mood, remind yourself, it's a privilege that I'm married to the person I'm married to. It is. It's a privilege and an honor. But here's the problem with many marriages and relationships. They have not truly surrendered. They've not surrendered to each other. And God can't mold us and shape us into the person or persons He wants us to be until we're surrendered. Amen? Amen. Now, say that like you mean it. Amen. Amen. That's better. Amen. So, again, I want to speak to you today on the topic of surrender. This applies to all of us, whether you're still in school, young, old, whether you're married or single, it applies to each of us, this word, this term, surrender. And I want to take us to our sermon text, which we read last week, but I want to put it up on the screen again today. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 28. There you go. I even saved you having to turn in your Bibles, but I hope you brought your Bibles anyways. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 28. The NIV version says it this way. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And every couple said, Amen. And I want to spare you this. Let's pray. Father God, we ask your blessing right now on the remainder of this service upon your word. Lord, help us to have ears to hear and a spirit willing to surrender to you, Father. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Notice here, Paul is giving us a warning here. Paul wrote this. Paul, the Bible says, never married. So he could state this. So he's saying here, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life. Now we don't know that he saw that people were married, were having troubles, and that's why he chose to stay single. I think he was called to be single. There's nothing wrong with being single. Just to, just to let you know, that's a calling though. Uh, there are some people that will live their full life never having been married or never having had a serious relationship. And there's nothing wrong with that when God calls you to that. But God has called us to be fruitful and multiply. He has called us to, to be together. Uh, but Paul here is warning people, you will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. Let me ask you this question this afternoon. Have you ever found yourself hurting in your relationship, not only with your spouse, but maybe with a coworker or another person in the church? Hurting. Maybe it's just a friend, and deep down there's a hurt there. Because possibly you heaped words on that person that wounded them, or vice versa. They heaped words on you that stung you. And then you said in yourself, you said to yourself, oh, I'm not going to forget that. I checked that box right there. I'm not going to forget that. Or maybe it was emotional. They caused you to become emotional. Or maybe it was apathy, neglect, selfishness that you demonstrated to them. Or possibly you were on the receiving end of that. All that leads to problems in paradise. Can I get an amen? And what happens is you can't stop the bickering. Pretty soon it becomes like the Hatfields and the McCoys. That's an old, I won't even have time to go into that, but look it up, Google it. You can't stop bickering and fighting and it only gets worse and worse and worse. At some point that battle will hearten you so much that you just give up. You give up. You give up the relationship. You think it's not worth it. They're not my friend. And I'm going to give them up. You're not going to fight for them. At some point, you realize that you can't make it the way you're continuing. The way things are going right now between you and that other person, it's not going to work. But here's what you and I have to come to grips with. With the reality that we're completely incapable of putting a relationship back together without the help of Almighty God. You and I can try. You and I can, we can seek counseling, uh, secular counseling, and I'm not dissing that at all. If that's where you need to go to help your marriage, please go. But don't forget this. Almighty God brought you together. Amen. Almighty God put that person in your life. Amen. We must instead lean on God to learn how to change that marriage, to rebuild that love affair that you may have callously destroyed. You know, the longer you're married to somebody or the longer you know somebody, do you know that you take them for granted, right? And everybody here nodded their head, because that's the truth. You take them for granted. They'll always be there for me. They're always gonna cook my breakfast or cook my dinner or clean my clothes or wash the car, whatever it is that you wanna fill in. You take them for granted. They're gonna throw out the garbage. 
Every Sunday night at 8 o'clock, they're going to roll out the cans or whatever it is in your neighborhood. We have this habit of taking each other for granted. Rather than drawing closer together, you would think, it, you can kind of start doing this. And that was never God's intention. We're trying to draw closer to God every day of our lives, right? We're not trying to draw away from Him. It's the same thing in a relationship. And the word I, I mentioned at the outset is surrender. Surrender is a small word with enormous implications and even greater long-term consequences when you surrender. And I want to talk to you about three quick points on surrendering. Number one, first thing you have to do in any broken relationship is surrender to God. Everybody say that with me. Surrender to God. If you don't surrender to God, it's like hitting your head against a wall, a door. You're not going to go anywhere. You're going to repeat the same silly mistakes, same intentional mistakes you've been doing. But I know this, that surrender, that's a tough word. There's certain people, and you may be sitting next to one right now. I don't know. But you, or you can think of someone right now when I said the term surrender and you know that person that just doesn't like to surrender, that they would never surrender and, and they'll fight you tooth and nail all the way down because they want their way, right? And so the first thing that we have to learn how to do in any broken relationship is to surrender to God. See, God's way of love requires that we surrender ourselves to him. It's the very first thing he asks you to do is when you come to me, repent. And repent is doing a 180 degree turn. You're walking in this direction. Now I'm beginning to go in this direction. That's really surrendering. You're, you're saying, Lord, I surrender my life. I mentioned last week, we raise our hands. Why? As a term of surrender to him. True love really begins with being submitted to God. It has to start there. There's no other starting point. Another way to think of it is full surrender to God. Complete. There, there isn't a partial surrender. You can't just partially surrender. You can't just uh, a little bit. Ten, well, I'll surrender 10%. No. you got to surrender 100% or it does not work. What we really need to do, each of us, in our relationships is, is come to the place where we say to God, all of this life is yours, have it all. That's a question for you right now. Can you honestly say that, each of you honestly, just about yourself, your own relationship with God, your relationship with one another? All of this life is yours, have it all, Lord. I want to do it your way from now on. I will not hold any area of my life back from you. Have your way in me, God. I surrender my all to you. Let me ask you again. When was the last time you said or uttered anything like that? Have you uttered that this morning? Did you utter it yesterday on Saturday morning? Friday morning? Thursday? Wednesday? Tuesday? How far back do we have to go before you recall the last time you uttered a statement like that. Because let me tell you, the enemy's got you right where he wants you if you've not uttered that recently. 
We have to, as believers, recognize that our life is not our own. He bought and prayed for our, our life on a cross. New life. And here's the wonderful news, though. It's amazing how our life can transform and change when we surrender. How our attitude changes when we surrender. Because once you're submitted and surrendered to God, you're okay with whatever He asks. So if you're okay with God, let's take it a step further, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but how about your relationship? If you're surrendered there, are you okay then with what that person is asking of you? It becomes a little bit easier. It becomes a little bit easier. But when you're not surrendered to an individual, you'll huff and puff and say, oh no, you're not, all, all day long. The Lord has called you to live a humble life, to consider others above you, better than you. Have you thought about that? God has called you to consider others better than yourself and to selflessly love all people. But Pastor Ray, you don't know what they said to me. Pastor Ray, you don't know what they said to my mother or father or my uncle or my aunt or my kids. God does. God knows. And guess what? He forgave them. Why can't you? Surrender isn't something that you can do for someone else. That's, you know, I wish we could surrender for other people, but we can't. That's an individual act, an individual choice that you and I have to do is to surrender. It's a personal decision of your will. It's a de declaration cried out from your heart and your spirit. I surrender. But here's the sad news. Most of us won't surrender until we've hit rock bottom, until things get bad, when they never had to go there in the first place, when that relationship never had to break up, when that relationship with someone else, a friend, a coworker, never had to go to the length it went to if we had only surrendered. Most of us will refuse to do that. So if you find yourselves fighting every day, day after day, because they started it, because the other person's wrong, because they don't get it, because they don't understand you, and because once again they're wrong, that's what it always comes back down to, they're wrong. Or because you fill in the blank, whatever. The answer here is surrender to God. It's clear and simple. Surrender to God. Otherwise, you're just going to keep fighting the same battle over and over and over. How many want to keep fighting that same struggle? Nobody does. But we choose to do that. Why is that? We choose to fight the same battles, the same struggles. I know professional boxers, they, they'll fight an opponent one time and say, okay, that's good. I'm moving on to my next battle. They don't choose to fight the same guy 50 times. It's one and done. Let's move on to the next battle. Let me remind you again today, in Christ, you, each of you are called to a life of absolute surrender. Absolute surrender. So what does it look like when we surrender? Okay, we've harped on that. Now what does it look like? Well, first of all, the Lord delights to work in our lives when we surrender to Him. 
It's amazing how many things all of a sudden begin to flow your way when you surrender. And the opposite is so true. When you don't surrender, everything's always going against you. Everything, seemingly. Such surrender to the Lord affects our prayers, our conversations, our generosity, our families, our workplaces, our interactions with everybody that comes across our path when we truly surrender. And let me remind you of the scripture found in James chapter 4 and verse 10 that applies to each of us here. Humble yourselves. Read this with me. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. Ooh, that humble word, that surrender word. Those are tough, tough words, Pastor Rick. Yeah, I get it. But those that humble themselves and surrender themselves will be used of God. If you don't, you can't be used of God. God says he can't have a part of you. And that's why it's so important to surrender. We have to learn to surrender. So surrendering to God is the first point. The second point is surrender your will. Wow. That's, a, that's even just as tough as surrendering to God is surrendering your will. Because how many know that there are some hard-headed, stubborn people in this world? And I could be one of them. And, I'll, and as I said that, each of you thought of somebody right now special that's gifted with that. The most stubborn people in this world are those that have not surrendered their will to the Lord. It's that simple. They just haven't surrendered their will to the Lord. There are the ones that say, you can't tell me what to do. Or in Star Wars language, the force is strong with this one. <laughs> Stubborn people are often the most miserable people as well. And we know that. A stubborn person is the opposite, polar opposite of a person that has surrendered their will. Think about that. Think of the person that's surrendered and think of the person that's, that's not surrendered, the stubborn person. And I can guarantee each of you are thinking of a miserable person right now. Or maybe that was you yesterday. You were just miserable because you were being stubborn. And it's not until you surrender and say, oh Lord, I give that to you. I give it up. That you can begin to realize that, oh wow, I have these blessings available to me and I was choosing to live in, 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 in a life of miserableness. Why? Why would you choose that? Here's the, here's the thing. Whether you found yourself at the end of your rope, struggling through a marriage on the brink of divorce, or simply feeling distant from your spouse, and wanting to rekindle a flame that has died a slow death. The answer you're looking for is found in this statement. Surrender your will. Surrender your will. Surrender your will, your desires, your need for approval. Your battle for control. Your bitter thoughts and attitudes. Your worries for the future. Your regrets from the past. And more importantly, I think it's your hurts and your concerns about the future. Surrender your will. We must surrender our will. 
Quit trying to impress God and other people in your life. You and I have one job as disciples of Christ, and that is to live a surrendered life. Surrendered life. It sounds easy. It really does. But in the middle of all that you go through, it can be one of the most challenging and difficult things to do. And I believe that's because of pride. Pride just gets in the way and prevents you and I from just throwing our hands up and say, I surrender. So first of all, first of all, surrender to God. Second of all, surrender your will. And, and to conclude that point, let me put up this scripture, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The NIV says it this way. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So important, that very first sentence. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Who are you representing today? Are you representing Christ in you or is it you? Who are you representing? A surrendered life is all about Jesus Christ. Surrender to God, surrender your will. And then our third point is surrender the relationship. Now we'll get down to the relationship. Even after you do the things I've just mentioned above, you can still be facing a difficult road ahead. It's, it's not easy. Even if you surrender to God and you surrender your will today, doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. It's a challenge. When you build something, it takes time. It takes time to build something. It, it's not built overnight. And those of you that have built things like my dad, like Brother Alex, like my brother back in the back, Mr. Bill Beto, you know things don't get built overnight. It takes time. Why do you expect your marriage to, or your relationship to get fixed just like that? It doesn't work that way. It takes time. It's difficult to stay in a one-way marriage. I get that. That's when one person is willing to work on that relationship and the other person isn't. It's difficult. doesn't mean that you should stop. There's a cross that you and I have to bear. Sometimes you're, you may be in a difficult relationship. And that's a cross you have to bear. Life, nobody ever said life was going to be fair. Nobody ever said life was just going to be happy and joyous every day until you're 103 and then you enter into your reward. Nobody ever gave you that promise. The Lord did say he would never leave you nor forsake you. That is a promise. He will walk with you through every storm, every relationship issue that you have. If you're waiting for your spouse here today to surrender, if you're waiting for that relationship to get mended with a co-worker, with a family member, it can be hard waiting and waiting and waiting. Just remember that none of your tears or prayers are ever wasted. Continue to pray. Continue to 
to lift them up. They're never ever wasted. See, there's, there's a great value in waiting and praying and hoping and surrendering. God desires to work in your marriage and in your relationship, but it starts with you. It starts with you. Surrender the relationship. Here's what you need to begin to do. Because the question is, well, how do I do that? How do I surrender the relationship? Ask the Lord and ask others for wisdom. Don't just try to do it on your own. We, we're a church body here, amen? We're, we're, we're a Holy Spirit-filled hospital here where we're here to meet the spiritual needs of this body. Secondly, remember that God is working even when you don't see it. God is working even when you don't see it. That is the one thing I've come to know in my life is whether I can see it or not with my eyes, God is still at work. God is working. Thirdly, be a peacemaker. Don't instigate. Be a peacemaker. Don't be the one that's causing the divide, the issue. Be a peacemaker. Fourth point is don't allow despair to be your identity. Oh, poor pitiful me. You know that person. Poor pitiful me. If it wasn't for bad news, I wouldn't have any. Everything happens to me. I don't know how everybody does it. Poor pitiful me. Don't despair. How, how big is your God? Do you serve a little God? Or is your God a big God? Amen? Is he the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Then believe it. And then, fifthly, extend mercy. Wow. Thank you, Lord. He gave you mercy. He gave you grace. And yet we're not willing to share mercy upon somebody else that comes up to us and wants to share something with us. And we say, no, I don't want to receive that. We don't want mercy from that person. Or we don't want to show mercy upon that person. Let me remind you of a scripture that you've all been called to. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always, it always, oh wait, let me say it again. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Did you catch that? That's you. That's you and I right there. We should be the epitome of that. We should be described as that. And in closing today, I want to remind you, God loves you wherever you're at. As Raquel so beautifully said in, in her prayer, He loves you. He will never reject you. God will never reject you. No matter how often you turn your back to Him or you reject Him, He will never reject you because He hears your cries. He sees your tears. 
He longs to draw you close and fill you with his supernatural peace. The Bible calls it peace that passes all understanding. We can't comprehend it, but yet he chooses to fill you with that peace. How many are thankful for that peace today? Amen? Amen. Amen. No matter what your circumstance today, no matter if your situation never changes on this side of eternity, God will never leave you. God will never forsake you because He's always there. You will never be abandoned. You have the Holy Spirit walking with you, encouraging you every day. Walking with you. When everybody else may desert you, may abandon you, God Almighty will be there with you. Amen? He is the steady hand underneath all of your days, good and bad. Amen. Check this out. Uh-oh. What do I got here? Anybody know what that is? Yep. Okay. What does that represent? Surrender. Surrender. In war, a white flag like that always represented surrender. Some of you need to build a flag like this at home and wave that to your spouse, wave that to that person that you're dealing with, that you're struggling with. You need to wave this flag of surrender. But is it just a military term? No, it's not just a military term. Is it an end to a battle when you wave that flag? No. The waving of that flag is the beginning of the rest of your life. It begins a mind-blowing new life, a new chapter in your life that you never could have done on your own. When you begin to wave that flag in your relationship, here's what surrender isn't. It isn't giving up. Okay, let's get that straight right here. Surrender isn't giving up. What surrender is, is allowing God to have his perfect say in your life. That's what surrender is. It's allowing God to have his perfect say in your life. It's you going back to that prayer I mentioned. Lord, have your way in my life. Choose, I choose you, Lord, today. That, that, that my life would bring you glory in everything I say, everything I do. No matter where or what your life may look like today, that's what surrender is. Allowing God to have his perfect say for his plans for you in, in your life. Amen? What's he asking you to surrender today? Why don't you stand with me as we close? And I want you to ponder that right now. What's he asking you to surrender today? If I can have uh, Bianca come up to the keyboard. Let me ask you again. What is he asking you to surrender today? I believe that he's always asking all of us. It may not be your relationship with your spouse today. But it could be something even more serious than that. It could be with a, with a, a sibling, a child. It could be with a coworker. But what is he asking you to surrender today? I feel that God is speaking to someone here today. And I would invite you at this time. If you want prayer, come on up. I would invite you to come on up right now. 
I want to pray for you today. Just come on up and receive that prayer if you feel that you need to surrender something to Him today. If you're tired of being sick and tired and you're saying, no, I do not want to continue fighting this battle the same way as I have last week, the week before, last month, last year, and you want prayer, come on up. I want to pray for you today. God wants to just release you. God wants to just set you free of any things that would bind you and hold your spirit back. And as Bianca begins with this song, I want to continue to pray that God's blessings would just flow in your life. That truly today, that surrender as you give it to Him and, sur and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And as you begin to do that, God was just going to pour out blessing upon you. Pour out blessing upon you. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.